This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are not only so excited that you're joining with us, but we're so excited that we get to talk now with uh, our new bishop, uh, new new bishop for the Diocese of Crookston, Bishop Andrew Cousins. Uh, Your Excellency, good morning to you. Good morning. I'm delighted to be with you. We are. We're so excited to have you um, as a as a resident within the diocese of Crookston. There was there was much rejoicing when uh, you were announced as the, the new bishop of the diocese of Crookston. Uh, I, I will say I'm a family life director, um, and in the the meetings with uh, the fellow family life directors in you know Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, and obviously several dioceses uh, awaiting new bishops or or loom, new, having new bishops looming. There was a lot of um, a lot of jealousy when the announcement was made amongst other uh, colleagues that are, that are waiting for bishops. They're just, we're so excited to have you here in the Diocese of Crookston, and it's a privilege to have you on the radio this morning. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, a lot of bishops we're still waiting for in Minnesota, for sure. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to keep keep the prayer warriors going. We uh, need good leaders to shepherd our, our flock, uh, uh, Jesus' flock, I should say. But, you know, yep. being the first time that you've been on air with Real Presence Radio, can you tell us, our uh, tell our listening audience a, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, just your background and, and what you did prior to being installed as Bishop of Crixton? Sure, yep. I, I'm a native of, I grew up in Colorado and um, ended up going to Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, and then... Uh, after that, I served on a net team, the National Evangelization Teams, uh, out of the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. And that was actually the first time I was in the Crookston Diocese as a net missionary mm-hmm. in o- October of 1991. And then uh, I entered seminary in St. Paul in 1993 and was ordained a priest for the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis in 1997. So I'll be celebrating 25 years of priesthood this May. Mm. And... Uh, uh, I had a couple different assignments. Eventually, I was sent to Rome to study. I did a doctorate degree in theology, and then I taught at the St. Paul Seminary from 2006 until 2013, when I was named Auxiliary Bishop in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, eight years ago in 2013. And, and then I served in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, alongside Archbishop Hebda most of that time, helping him to lead the Archdiocese and did a lot of different things. I supervised family life. I supervised Catholic schools and Latino ministry and evangelization and helped to run a diocesan, archdiocesan synod. And then, yeah, right in the middle of all that, I got a call on October 4th, mm. 2013, the Feast of St. Francis, telling me that I was uh, the Holy Father. Pope Francis had named me Bishop of Crookston. And so it was announced on the 18th of October and then December 6th installed, yep. Did it did it take you completely by surprise when you got that call, Bishop? It did. Yeah, you know, you're never really uh, expecting the call, the Pope to call that day. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> there were some rumors. You know, there was a lot of open dioceses, as we already mentioned in Minnesota. So it was pretty common. Somebody would say to me, "Oh, you're going to go to sure. St. Cloud or Crookston or New Ulm or Winona." So I kind of, I, I kind of wondered if one of those dioceses the Holy Father might call me to, so I wasn't completely surprised. So when you got the call, was it the Holy Father calling, or a delegate, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's, it's the apostolic delegate. Okay. His name is uh, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, and yeah. he calls on behalf of the Pope and, and uh, informs you. Yep. 
Okay. Well, that's that's very exciting. I know our bishop in in uh, Fargo. He was the first bishop uh, that Saint or Pope Francis appointed. Certainly for the United States. Right. Yeah, for the United States, yes, yes. So yeah. now you have a, a tag team that crosses the Red River. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, I was appointed by Pope Francis in 2013 as well. Certainly, that was about. He had been pope for about six months by then, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow. Oh, how how has the last month been for you, um, Bishop, in the Crookston Diocese? I'm sure there's just a flurry of activity. Can you share with our listeners some of the things you've been up to? Yeah, it's been a real whirlwind. You know, I'm just really trying to get to know the diocese and especially to get to know the priests. So I really said as a goal, I wanted to meet each priest in his place mm. sometime in the first first two months. You know, wow. so I've been traveling the diocese um, and vis- visiting with the priests in their in their parishes, and then also uh, saying masses in the uh, parishes when I'm there. So I, I took a weekend in uh, Moorhead. I did uh, the Guadalupe Mass at mm. St. Francis, mm-hmm. which was beautiful in Spanish, and then uh, I did a couple morning masses at St. Joe's in Moorhead. And then um, just this last weekend, I was in Bemidji, so I met with a bunch of the priests around that area and celebrated all the Masses at St. Philip's in Bemidji. I did have one little break in there because I got a Christmas gift from my family. They gave me COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. So I had a very, thank God I had a very light case that I was only down for about five or six days, but I did have to take a little break in my visiting during that time, so I didn't spread it around. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are so many wonderful holy men in the Diocese of Crookston, and and I'm just so grateful that God uh, chose you to to be the new bishop uh, in that wonderful diocese. So, Bishop, it sounds like you you speak Spanish as well, then? You, You celebrate Mass in Spanish? Yes, I, I, I've always had kind of Spanish a part of my ministry since I was a young priest when I studied Spanish. My second parish, um, I was responsible for the Spanish Mass and confessions and the, the Latino people in Faribault, Minnesota. Mm. And then even when I was at the seminary, I usually would go out on the weekends and celebrate Mass in Spanish. Wow. Just because we had we had a need for that in the Archdiocese. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, that's been a delight of my ministry is to work with our, our immigrant Latino brothers and sisters, they're beautiful, faithful people, and it's been a real gift for me to be able to work with them over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. language is so important uh, to be able to communicate and have that ability is, is just a gift from God, uh, you know, not just for you, but for the people who are, are coming and, and just learning our yeah. language and our way of life to be able to to talk. I mean, years ago, it used to be where you had to be in in this community or that community, and it was largely just because of how you could communicate with one another and, and how right. beautiful it is when you have that bilingual ability to help welcome and our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really an important thing. I know in my uh, first time as a priest, because there was no Catholic priest there who spoke Spanish for some years, you know, some of the people who spoke Spanish ended up becoming Protestants because the mm. Protestants offered it, you know, even though they were they were Catholics. So wow. it, it is so important, especially, um, you know, as we welcome these immigrants to be able to provide, especially for them to pray in their native language. Right. You know, it's one thing to be able to, to, you know, everybody learns English, and that's great. They learn it in school, and that's very important. 
but it's one thing to, to be able to talk to God in your own language is pretty important. Absolutely. Yes. yes. So, so, so Bishop, what was, um, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, a couple of, about a couple of things. One, like what was the experience of the installation mass like? And along with that, has there been, um, has there been a noticeable difference of being, going from being an auxiliary to, a, to an ordinary of the diocese to being um, the, the bishop of the diocese for you? Those are two great questions. The, uh, the installation was really a beautiful experience. We had, of course, a Red River Valley blizzard oh, yeah. the day before. Right. And so it was a bit of harrowing. Uh, the evening before, we had a, a Vesper service, and some people had difficulty getting there. In fact, poor Bishop Kettler from St. Cloud spent about nine hours in the ditch. I heard uh, that. I heard no. that, yes. On Sunday. on Sunday, the sheriff pulled him out once the snow stopped, and he put him up at his home, the sheriff near Ada, Minnesota. So that was nice, the Polk County wow. Sheriff. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But everybody did eventually arrive safely, and the day of the installation was quite beautiful. And I just found it to be such a joyful day. Um, you know, I kind of said in the, in the homily, I said this too, um, you know, there were a couple reflections for me. One is, you know, the diocese had been through some difficulties and struggles, and so this was a real opportunity for a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's regardless of who the bishop is, it's always a new beginning. And so you do have that sense of new life, and the Church goes on. Even though the Church has struggles, the Church goes on, and God's family goes on when there's a new beginning. And also the, the Church is kind of most herself when the bishop is, in the chair, you know, when the bishop is the father of the family, um, the church can flourish, and she can be herself, and she can be fully alive. And so, as I said that day, somebody has to be the bishop, and that's me, but it's not really about me. It's about the, the gift of the diocese and who God's calling us to be as a diocese, which is really the people who share the saving love of Jesus in northwestern Minnesota, you know? Mm-hmm. That's our mission, and it's all of our mission, and... Uh, so I think the installation was a day to remind ourselves that God is with us and that He's given us this very important mission and, and um, is calling us through the power of His Holy Spirit to engage that mission. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, And there is a difference between being an auxiliary bishop and an ordinary. Uh, you know, one, the one difference is you, the name in the Eucharistic prayer, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can put the... Uh, you can put the auxiliary bishop's name in the Eucharistic prayer if there's just one of them, but you always say the ordinary's name, you know? So it is a little different now when I say the Eucharistic prayer. I don't say, you know, for our Bishop Bernard. Yeah. I just say, for me, your unworthy servant. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that, you know, that sort of marks the the fact that um, you do you do have these important um, decisions to make mm-hmm. as the bishop. You know, again, it's like somebody has to be the leader and somebody has to be the shepherd. Um, and so I'm happy to serve that way. But, you know, you feel the weight of those that uh, those decisions more than you would otherwise, because uh, it's just the buck stops here, you know? Sure. You, don't, you don't get to pass it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the old days, I could blame it on the Archbishop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I know yeah. that you have just a, a fantastic group of people to work with in your diocesan offices, and, and I know just the joy that... Um, they're feeling having you being installed, and so that's just wonderful um, that that you're there to be their shepherd. Yeah, no, it's been great to get to know the diocesan staff and to see their dedication and um, and to yeah to understand the important work that they do and some of the great initiatives that are going on, and then just to 
begin to work together and how we can uh, try to try to move some things forward. You know, so yeah. that's been very exciting. Yeah. So, so Bishop, I'm going to throw a question out here, and we can kind of unpack it a little bit after we take a quick break. But um, so, in in a move from auxiliary to ordinary, did you at some point you as a bishop you get a, a coat of arms? Uh, does that happen Correct. right away as an auxiliary, or is that only when you when you take over as, as the or, uh, ordinary of the diocese? Nope. Every bishop has a coat of arms, and so I had that from the time I was an auxiliary. The difference is when you become a diocesan bishop, your coat of arms is married, they say, mm-hmm. with the diocesan coat of arms. And so so I get a new coat of arms as a diocesan bishop, and half of it is for the Diocese of Crookston, and half of it is personal to me. Okay. So, That's uh, fantastic. Well, when we come back from this break... Uh, Bishop, we would love for you to unpack all the symbolism and the history behind your coat of arms. So stay with us. We'll be right back on the other side of this break on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. Oh, it's amazing. The outreach, the ability to touch people just about at any hour of of every single day is such a blessing. Uh, It's a wonderful way to reach into their lives and and just to allow them on their own time, really, to, to encounter the life of the church and to share in the prayer of the faithful all over our country and really all over the globe. The ability to to share the teachings of the church in such a dynamic way, in so many different ways, you know, that that's just a, a wonderful thing. We've got so many different commentators and and contributors who have their own angle on the living of the faith, and uh, that touches different people in different ways. So I, I just can't tell you what a blessing it is. You know, we talk about the mission of evangelization, and it's happening right here. This is Kathy Johnson from Blessed Sacrament in Rapid City. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. All right, welcome back. We are in the final segment of Real Presence Live today, and we are having our inaugural conversation with uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins, the new uh, bishop of the Diocese of Crookston, um, installed on December 6th, which, Bishop, that actually happens to be my baptismal day, so I was celebrating with you uh, about God's good grace flowing all over the place. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) 
So before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about your coat of arms and how um, in a diocesan bishop's coat of arms, there is, uh, there's a, a combination of the, the diocesan coat of arms and the bishop's own personal coat of arms. Would you be willing to kind of help us unpack a little bit about what, uh, what's all caught up in there? Yeah, so, um, you know, the coat of arms is really a symbol of um, both things that are personal and things that are um, spiritually and humanly important to the, to the bishop. Mm. And, uh, you know, um, it's, in, it's kind of connected to this idea that each of us has a kind of personal vocation. You know, each of us is special in God's eyes in certain ways. And so the coat of arms becomes a kind of symbol of what's, what's special about this particular spiritual father or shepherd. And that's helpful for people to know, you know, because they know what's important to him, you know. Yes. And so, um, as I mentioned, my coat of arms... Now it's split into two. On the right side is um, my personal coat of arms. And so uh, that is split into four ways by the cross of St. Andrew, who's my patron. And mm. the thing I always loved about St. Andrew was that he preached for 30 hours while he was on the cross. Wow. And uh, so he, and he, he talked about how he um, felt so privileged to die on the cross as Jesus did, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, the tradition is he was crucified on that X, and so that X is in the, the back of my coat of arms. And then um, there's two things that sort of represent me and where I come from. So the mountains of Colorado is where I grew up and still have a great love for the mountains, and we know that, especially in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, God was often experienced on the mountain, and the mountain is a sign of that personal encounter with the living God. Jesus often went up the mountain to pray, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the bottom is uh, the waves of the Mississippi River, which is where I served in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, the Mississippi, of course, splits both of those. and But it also, of course, reminds us in the blue color um, of, of the sacrament of baptism and and how water is such a symbol of new life for us. Um, that as we come through water, we receive new life. That actually connects to the Diocese of Crooks inside on the left, because there you have the red waves, which are also for the Red River. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and for the Mississippi River, uh, which starts in the Diocese of Crooks. So I sort of yeah, feel that's like right. I'm, I kind of feel like I've come to the source of where, I, where right. I began from. Yeah. And then my my coat of arms has the three hearts. So um, the... Uh, the, the heart of Jesus in the center, the sacred heart of Jesus, and then the immaculate heart of Mary on the left, and the heart of St. Joseph, the pure heart of St. Joseph on the right. And uh, it connects to my motto. The motto is a Latin phrase, Prebe nobis cor tuum. And, um, I first heard that Latin phrase, which just means lend us your heart, um, from the sisters of Mother Teresa, the missionaries uh-huh. of charity. And they have a, a, a several prayers that they pray every day, and one of them is a prayer to Mary, where they say, lend us your heart. And the phrase actually, though, also connects to the prayer that St. Louis de Montfort wrote mm. uh, to Mary, which became famous when St. John Paul II took the first line of that prayer for okay. his motto. So, totus tuus sure. was St. John Paul II's famous motto, I am totally yours. 
And the last line of that prayer is, Pray be mihi kortuum, lend me your heart. Mm. So it's a four-line prayer. The first line was the model of St. John Paul II, and the last line is what I took from my model. I just made it nobis, you know, lend us your heart instead sure. of lend me your heart. Beautiful. But, um, and I really, for me, it applies to, to the hearts of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want them to lend me their heart because that's the heart where, where I can love God with and also love people with and, you know, uh, be able to make a response to God. The response to God always happens in the heart. You know, that's the center of our person, according to the Bible. It's the place where we choose. And, yes. and so the heart is, is the place where we give ourselves, where we make a covenant, where we, where we you know, we even say that, you know, um, when you get married, I give my heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the heart becomes then the symbol of, of the center of myself that I want uh, to be in living in imitation of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So that's my personal coat of arms. Then on the other side is the Diocese of Crookston coat of arms, which, as I mentioned, has the waves of the Red River, and then it has two um, two croziers, which is simply the sign of the bishop's authority, that he's a successor of the apostles, and that he's a shepherd of the Church in imitation of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then it also has that, uh, it has a blue circle, and it actually, it's a moon, not, not everybody knows what that is, but... Okay. It's got a blue circle with a moon on it, and of course, it's it's a symbol of Our Lady. Mm. Uh, the and it, it refers in particular to that place in Revelations where it says Our Lady has the moon under her feet. Mm. Sure. So even okay. if you look at the image, the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, she has the twelve stars on her head and the moon under her feet. Mm-hmm. It's the woman in the Book of Revelations who is Our Lady, representing also the Church. And since the Diocese of Crookston's the patroness of our diocese is the Immaculate Conception of Mary. That's the name of our cathedral, and she's mm. our patroness. Mm. So that moon there symbolizes Mary in her Immaculate Conception. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can I ask, Bishop, I, I, is there a reason why there's the two croziers versus just a crozier? I don't know. I think just because it matches well, it okay. kind of symbolizes symbolizes the, the authority. I don't think in particular, you know. Okay. Is, it, is, the, is the personal... Um, um, coat of arms always on the right-hand side for the bishop and the diocesan one always on the left-hand side? I think that is the case. Yep, okay. I think that's the case. Okay. The one other thing about the coat of arms, if you look at it closely, it has a cord that goes all the way around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took that to sim- from, from um, the book of Proverbs where it says, um, you know, a single cord is easily broken, but a three-ply cord is not. And that was always a symbol for me of the importance of priestly fraternity. Mm. I was a, a part of the fraternity of priests in the Archdiocese called the Companions of Christ. And it's this idea that, you know, when we're together and we support each other, we can be stronger and holier, you know. And oh. so uh, I kept that cord as well as, as a symbol of the importance of fraternity, especially amongst the priests of the diocese. That's awesome. That, that is. That's just so beautiful, and I'm so grateful that you unpacked that. And for our listeners, I would recommend you go to the Diocese of Crookston's website, and you can see this beautiful image, uh, this this beautiful symbolic uh, coat of arms mm-hmm. that so represents the... Uh, the new bishop, uh, our wonderful guest, Bishop Andrew Cousins today, and also the Diocese of Crookston. Yes, Bishop. Um, I guess we're, we're kind of coming to the end here. Any, you know, last 15, 20 seconds, any final words 
that you'd like to share? Just, you know, I really appreciate people's prayer. Uh, you know, the church is a family, and the bishop has a particular role in that family, and, of course, it's, real, it's wonderful uh, to be supported by people's prayers, which is just so important. What we're really about is a spiritual work, you know, and as, as we all pray for each other and strengthen each other that way, it has a great spiritual impact. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I will say that our family prays the rosary for, for you uh, every day, Bishop. We pray every night and, and uh, lift Thank you, you. And, and Bishop Folda and uh, the bishops of our area um, up in prayer. And we're grateful that you have said yes. We're grateful that you have responded Thanks. to God's call and have been our spiritual father. So. Nothing better than prayers of kids, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bishop, would you be able to give a blessing to our listening audience? It's not often that we're able to have the privilege of a, a bishop's blessing. Could you share one with us in our, our 10 diocese area listening? Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God, through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, descend upon you and all your listeners in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us this morning, Bishop. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. All right, you too. You too. God bless you. All right, well, we need to hand it over to Eli now to tell us what's coming next. Hey, thanks, Brad. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Father Tim Smith, coming to you live from Holy Cross Church in Ipswich, South Dakota. He'll visit with Dr. Susan Windley-Doust of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, about an inspiring adoption story. Plus, Marcella Farflack will tell us about a devotion to our Lord's sacred infancy. Plus, Eric Gallagher will share with us about 12 priests, but only one winner. Tune in to find out what that's all about. All this and more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Love it. Well, thank you, Eli. Well, it was, uh, gosh, what a, what a great show. What a great uh, man we have as mm-hmm. uh, Bishop Cousins. Um, God is, is so good. He's always present to us. He's always caring for us and providing for our needs. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes, like uh, with Suzanne, uh, sharing her story about uh, God calling her to consecrated virginity. Um, it's so true, Brad. Um, we just, you know, we need to pray, we need to ask, but we also need to trust in God's timing because God's timing will be perfect every single time, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Because yeah. He can't not love us. He can't not choose the absolute best thing for us. He's incapable of not uh, giving us the best that He could possibly give as long as we're willing to let him. Right, right, right. Well, thank you, Brad, and thank you to our listening audience for joining us this morning. We're truly, truly grateful that you yeah. listen to Real Presence Radio. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's close with a quick, quick glory be from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, glory be to the, the Father, and, and to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.